The military restructures how it prosecutes sexual assault and domestic violence crimes. How will this improve protections for victims? Produced by Defense News and Military Times, this is the Early Bird Brief. Each morning, we bring you the defense and national security news of the day. And once those funds are obligated, uh, we will have exhausted the funding available for us to provide security assistance to Ukraine. And the U.S. announces what could be the final package of military aid to Ukraine. What does it all mean for our defense and security? You'll find out. I'm your host, Simone Perez. Today is Friday, December 29th, 2023. A quick heads up to listeners, we'll be off on Monday for New Year's Day, but tune in on Tuesday for our first episode of 2024 about the recent U.S. strikes in the Middle East. From everyone at Military Times and Defense News, we just want to all be the first to wish you a happy and healthy New Year. First up, military commanders are no longer in charge of deciding whether to prosecute a dozen major crimes that include sexual assault and domestic violence. Yesterday, each of the services officially opened their offices of special trial counsel. The move up ends the traditional chain of command centric military justice system, where commanders have had the authority to make decisions on whether to proceed with criminal cases. The standing up of these special trial counsels mean that going forward, only trained, designated attorneys will decide whether to press charges or send a case to trial. Here's why it matters. The move is the culmination of more than a dozen years of efforts by members of Congress. In late 2021, Congress voted to install independent prosecutors to make decisions about not only sexual assault cases, but murder, manslaughter, domestic violence, child abuse, and more. 14 crimes in all. A senior defense official told reporters earlier this month that sexual assault victims should expect unrestricted reports to be handled with the best practices and procedures of civilian prosecution offices. As of 2021, troops are estimated to report sexual assaults only about 20% of the time. That figure is down from 30% just a few years earlier, and at the same time, though instances of sexual assault have continued to rise, rates of prosecution and conviction have fallen. And at the same time, though, as instances of sexual assault have continued to rise, rates of prosecution and conviction have actually fallen. Each of the services has multiple regional special trial counsel offices up and running, with dozens of specialized prosecutors as well as uniformed and civilian support staff. But how will this all work with the new offices? Well, officials said crimes committed before yesterday but reported afterward can be handled by the new prosecutors. Or in a case where a single perpetrator commits multiple crimes before and after yesterday, that case would go to the special trial counsel. Each service's organization is headed up by an 07 judge advocate, except for the Army. That service is currently trying to find a replacement for the man tapped for the role, who was fired earlier this month. Officials said the Army will have 65 certified trial counsels, the Air Force will have 40, the Marine Corps will have 33, and the Navy will have 23, with 23 attorneys who are not yet certified assisting in the cases. About 10 more are expected to be certified in the summer. Officials said they expect each trial counsel to handle as many as 50 investigations and roughly 8-12 to 12 trials a year. Neither the Pentagon nor the services have made any promises about how many more cases will or won't go to trial under the new system, but the hope is that independent prosecutions will encourage service members to report their assaults and have faith that they will be prosecuted properly. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, in a statement, called the move, quote, the most important reform to the military justice system since the creation of the Uniform Code of Military Justice in 1950. 
This also represents the first time that the Defense Department and Congress have been on the same page about independent prosecutions. Austin in 2021 approved a multi-year plan to implement more than 80 recommendations from an independent review commission on sexual assault. The recommendations included special trial counsels. Although the original plan gave the services until 2027 to transfer those authorities, the 2022 National Defense Authorization Act moved the timeline up to no later than today. Another important story, this week the U.S. announced what officials say could be the final package of military aid to Ukraine. That's unless Congress approves supplemental funding legislation that is stalled on Capitol Hill. The weapons package is worth up to $250 million. It includes an array of air munitions and other missiles, artillery, anti-armor systems, ammunition, demolition, and medical equipment and parts. The aid will be provided through the Presidential Drawdown Authority and pulled from Pentagon stockpiles. It's similar in size and contents to many of the other recent packages. Here's why it matters. Pentagon spokesman Marine Lieutenant Colonel Garen Garn said there is no more funding to replace weapons taken from the department's stocks. And the Ukraine Security Assistance Initiative, which provides long-term funding for future weapons contracts, is also out of money. President Joe Biden is urging Congress to pass a $110 billion aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and other national security needs. It includes $61.4 billion for Ukraine, with about half meant to replenish Pentagon stockpiles. It also includes about $14 billion for Israel as it fights Hamas, and $14 billion for U.S. border security. Other funds would go to security needs in the Indo-Pacific. Pentagon Press Secretary Pat Ryder noted the recent letter that the Defense Department Comptroller sent to Congress warning that the U.S. will be using up the last of its replenishment funds by the end of the year. We will be uh, obligating the remaining $1 billion uh, in replacement funds by the end of this month. And once those funds are obligated, uh, we will have exhausted the funding available for us to provide security assistance to Ukraine. So it really does underscore the importance of congressional support for Ukraine. Uh, We would again uh, continue to urge the passage of the, the supplemental that we've submitted. You might remember that due to an accounting error that overvalued some of the weapons sent to Ukraine over the past year or more, there's still about $4.2 billion in restored drawdown authority. But since the Pentagon has no money to replenish inventory sent to Kyiv, Garn said the department will have to, quote, rigorously assess any future aid and its implications on the U.S. military's ability to protect the country. Also on your radar for today, the Marine Corps will train the final two new AV-8B Harrier pilots in 2024 as part of a long-term transition to the F-35 Lightning II. A Marine spokeswoman said the transition from the AV-8B Harrier and FA-18CD Hornet jets to the newer F-35 Lightning IIs will be complete by the end of fiscal year 2023. The Marine Corps still will train Hornet pilots through 2027, according to the 2022 aviation plan. The Marine Corps' fleet includes the F-35B short takeoff and vertical landing variant, which is ideal for smaller amphibious ships. It also includes the F-35C variant, which is a long-range jet built for land and carrier-based operations. The Marine Corps already has deactivated some Harrier and Hornet squadrons as part of the transition to the Lightning II. Additionally, another big initiative for the Marine Corps aviation in 2024 is safety. In August, four Marines were killed in two different aircraft crashes that occurred within days of each other, and in September, an F-35B temporarily disappeared over South Carolina after the pilot ejected. The mishap prompted Commandant General Eric Smith to ground all aircraft for two days. Smith said in September that by summer 2024, the Corps plans to create a safety center with a general officer in charge.
And now here's some other stories that we're hearing chirps about. Stars and Stripes reported that a service member died at a U.S. military base in Japan and another was seriously injured over the Christmas holiday. These were two separate incidents. Fox News reported that state-run TV in Greece said a Greek Air Force pilot was killed this week when his U.S.-made training jet crashed in the countryside. Bloomberg reported that Nigeria's president condemned attacks that killed more than 100 people in the country's north during the Christmas holidays. He ordered the military to bring the perpetrators to justice. And Reuters reported that Italy and Spain distanced themselves from Operation Prosperity Guardian, meant to protect commercial vessels in the Red Sea. And on this day in history in 1845, Texas was admitted as the 28th state to the United States, preceding the Mexican-American War. That's it for us this morning. To get more top stories and breaking news, go to defensenews.com ebb to subscribe to the Early Bird Brief newsletter. Please give us a like, rating, and a comment wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us on social media at defense underscore news and at military times. The Early Bird Brief is hosted and produced by me, Simone Z. Perez. This episode featured stories by Megan Myers, the Associated Press, and Irene Lowenson. Our editor-in-chief is Mike Bruce. Have a great day.